Welcome to the Pharmacy Marketing Simplified Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Marketing Simplified focuses on easy and proven marketing tips from pharmacy owners and industry experts to leverage in your independent pharmacy business. This podcast is all about pharmacy marketing and how to be successful in today's competitive marketplace. Welcome to the Pharmacy Marketing Simplified Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nicole McClure, President of GRX Marketing, and today we'll be tackling the subject of pharmacy image and tips for creating a positive image for your pharmacy. And I'm so excited to welcome uh, Bruce Nealon to the show, um, who I consider a community pharmacy expert. Um, He has been involved in the pharmacy industry for more than 40 years. Um, He's held a variety of senior management positions uh, with companies uh, such as Vice President Franchise Development for HealthMart, Vice President Communications for National Wholesaler, Wholesale Druggist Association, and Vice President Corporate Membership for the National Community Pharmacists Association. Um, He's also a frequent contributor to pharmacy magazines and a speaker at national and pharmacy conventions. Most of his articles and presentations centered on interviews, with successful pharmacies where he documents best practices in the area of pharmacy management, marketing, and enhanced patient care services. Bruce, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Nicole. It's nice to be here, and I'm excited to share some thoughts and information on my favorite subject is how do we help independent pharmacies be more successful. Perfect. Well, let's get started. Um, so one of the things that I love that you do is you um, travel across the country every year to independent pharmacies and, you know, kind of document what you see and experience with them. And I guess give our listeners kind of just a overall um, experience of, of what you see when you visit those kind of some good and bad and maybe the ugly too. <laughs> Well, you know, it is funny. I have this uh, this little saying that I sometimes use to remind people, particularly some of the clients that I'm working with, you know, half of the pharmacies out there are below average. And um, unfortunately, uh, I, you know, whenever I'm out and about doing anything, and I just took a trip to Salt Lake and back this last week and stopped in and saw seven, seven different pharmacies, um, you know, there are some that are really not doing very well. And, uh, you know, some of your listeners here may be those and wondering what's going on. Where I am lucky is that I do get to visit by appointment and by assignment some of the most remarkable pharmacies in the country. And I can tell you that, um, you know, that, that what I do see is, is that there are thousands of independent pharmacies that are growing and they're prospering. And um, that convinces me that thousands more could if they would just catch the vision and implement some of the things that we're going to be talking about that as we go through this uh, this uh, interview. Okay. And, and you know, that's encouraging to, to hear um, because it's, you know, not hard to these days hear kind of more the, the doom and gloom information, so to speak, of, of the pharmacy industry. So, um, yeah, just maybe by making a few changes in your pharmacy, you could you could really prosper. 
I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that's the case. And, and one of the evidences of that is, you know, you, there's, there's a few trends that are clearly out there. And, and one of them that I see is that, uh, you know, there are lots of guys who own one or two stores um, who are now stepping up to the plate and buying their third or their fourth or their fifth store. In most cases, those stores that they're picking up are stores that are marginal. And with a few simple changes, uh, they're able to turn these stores around and turn them into very profitable entities. Yeah, I think we, you know, I'm definitely seeing that as well, where um, just talking to more multi-store owners and, you know, power and numbers type things. So, um, yeah. So when you're out and about in the pharmacies, I guess, you know, what are you seeing that they are promoting and maybe some of the things that they're not and they're missing the boat on? Okay. Um, you know, in terms of what they're promoting, uh, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anybody that I'm seeing people who are doing a, a great job, a sophisticated job in working on refills and making sure that their current patients are getting a higher percentage of their refills. You know, some of the, some of the ways that that is done is, is simply with, you know, refill reminder phone calls, refill reminder texts. I, I don't, I don't know that phone calls and texts are that's one of the techniques that you would use after you decide that that's something you're going to focus on because I think the real the real need in that area is the personal conversation with the people when they come into the store to remind them, encourage them, and to work with them on techniques and, and tips that they can use in order to do that. So, you know, refill reminder programs that leads to med- medication synchronization. And boy, I run into people who have just swear that that's, uh, that's absolutely turned their business around. Mm-hmm. Uh, compliance packaging is an important thing. Um, visited with a wonderful store just Monday um, in uh, Salt Lake City um, where, you know, a guy is doing a, a wonderful job with immunizations. And, you know, we're not talking flu shots anymore when we talk immunizations. We're, you know, talking the, the whole range of, of things, which I'm frankly not totally aware of what they are. He mentioned specifically Tdap, T, Tdap and Gardasil. The interesting thing on Gardasil, is that you know he's focusing on the uh, the young adult patients who can make that decision on their own. Um, he hasn't had much luck with the uh, teenage population or the preteen population. Um, uh, immunizations I just mentioned. Um, the um, uh, biggest one that I see now uh, emerging is people who are focusing on nutritions and drug nutrient depletion, nutrition, diet, weight loss programs, those types of things where um, you know they're not only selling the product, they're selling the counseling uh, and putting people into a program. So there's lots of things that these guys are doing. The, the people who are suffering are the ones who are still hoping and imagining that they can fill more prescriptions and, uh, and take care of their problems with prescription volume. And while that's been the paradigm for 40 of the 45 years that I've been in this business, um, uh, you know, I, I think you still need to fill a lot of prescriptions. I'm not one of those who thinks we need to move into the cognitive services only. I love the combination, you know, dispense or fill a lot of prescriptions that gives you contact with a lot of patients. And then you can do a lot of other things with a small subset of those patients. So it's the people who are still hoping that, 
um, you know, that they can fill more prescriptions, that they can fill their way out of this problem. I, I, I don't believe that that's possible anymore. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you. And, you know, I think that's just becoming more evident every day. You know, we run into to constant barriers, new barriers um, that kind of just solidify that message. Yeah, it, and um, it, it, the, the business has changed. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you brought up an interesting point about um, – promoting Gardasil of, you know, that's a great way to tap into that younger market. Um, You know, we get that question sometimes is, you know, how can I reach out to that younger demographic? And, you know, there's a variety of ways to do that, but what better way than offering something, you know, that they need and, and you can, you know, have them be a customer for life as kind of as they grow older and uh, go through those, those different stages and medication needs. Yeah, and you know, and you just said something that I think is is not obvious to the to the industry. You know, as a general rule, I mean, we we tend to have concentrated on baby boomers. I'm one of them, um, and you know, baby boomers are wonderful customers. Um, you know, 30 years ago, we were a big percentage of the population. We're not anymore. Um, you know, the population is younger. Uh, the you know the millennials are are coming along. I, I find it interesting to to realize that more babies were born last year than were born during the height of the baby boom. Um, now, when the baby boom happened in the 40s and 50s, it was a huge percentage of the population. But uh, the fact of the matter is, there's more babies born now than were born then. Young mothers, uh, pe- uh, young mothers and young people are going to be critical to the success of any pharmacy going forward. And they've got to find a way to reach out and and capture these people and bring them into their pharmacies. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Um, So some of these new services that you highlighted, um, you know, they're, they're a bit, some of them are a bit complicated and, you know, maybe not always understood by consumers. And, you know, as you know, pharmacy has their own kind of sub language of, um, acronyms important important sentences that you can use but we you know we often at times have to remember that um, everyday person doesn't really understand what we're talking about so I guess kind of give some tips of you know why it's important or you know how the the pharmacists and their staff can explain these types of services and in simple terms well, it, it, yeah, and, and that is the challenge, is simple terms. Um, I had a conversation with my son-in-law this weekend. Um, he's a computer guru, does a, works for a company that goes into businesses and manages their software. And, uh, you know, in chatting with him a little bit, we're, you know, we're, we're talking about ERP, we're talking about CRM, we're talking about some of these acronyms that I'd be surprised if anybody listening to this uh, this uh, podcast understood, and, and that's exactly the point. Uh, ERP, by the way, stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management, which I do hope that people like you, Nicole, can can bring into common uh, usage in the pharmacy ar- arena. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I look I look at websites all the time when I'm doing research. I'll be speaking at several meetings this summer. And as I go to websites, I see post, people posting things like MTM. Uh, many of them even take the words medication therapy management and put it as a bullet point on their, on their website. And, and I would 
speculate that 3% of the non-pharmacy-oriented population has any clue what that means. Uh, physically, what does it even mean? And then what does it mean health-wise? Why do they care even if they know what it means? So I, you know, I, I have clearly come to believe that the time has come in this industry for every pharmacy to reach out and figure out how to bring on and or hire a marketing pro. Because you mentioned how do we simply do that or how do we simplify it? Um, that's the hard part is how do you how do you take a complicated concept and reduce it to something that is a sentence or two that will resonate with a consumer and not only get them to understand what it is, but get them to realize that it would have a benefit for them. So when we talk about immunizations in a pharmacy, um, you know, what, what does that mean in terms of convenience? What does that mean in terms of what do, what do I pay for it? What does that mean in terms of how is my doctor going to know that I got it? You know, so all of these tools are in place. And consumers just don't know or understand how and why they should be getting, you know, a, 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 a pneumonia vaccine in their pharmacy when their doctor didn't tell them to do it. And they'll be confused to know as to knowing whether their doctor even knows that they got it. So you need some somebody, some staff member who can become expert at it or you need to hire somebody who can help you you know, craft the message, create the graphics, and then frankly, you know, build the culture into the pharmacy where the staff knows what's going on and how they can do it. I'm going to go back 20, 25 years. I used to play the game back when I was, was, was involved with uh, the family pharmacy program, which is now the good neighbor program. I would go into a pharmacy traveling and I would point out to the person in that independent pharmacy, all of the family pharmacy logo and all that stuff. And I would say to them, I'm confused. I thought I was in, you know, uh, Jordan River Pharmacy. What's all this family pharmacy stuff? Mm -hmm. And the clerks would look at me with some starry-eyed thing saying, number one, who's this idiot and why is he asking <laughs> this question? But they had no ability to explain how Harry's Pharmacy was flying family pharmacy colors. And, um, you know, that's so true with the health marts and the good neighbor pharmacies or the health wise pharmacies, you know, whatever identity program your pharmacy may belong to. The, the point I guess I'm trying to make is you not only need to know how to explain it simply, you need to get your, your staff to be able to do that and to care that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's an awful lot said for that, but that takes an, a program. That takes an effort. That takes you know. That takes. Uh, it's got to go to the top of your agenda. Is how do I make my pharmacy more appealing, more compelling to the to the people who are doing business with me, and and obviously to the people who aren't yet coming in for their prescriptions or healthcare services in in my location. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry for that long-winded no, thing. No, it was a great explanation. And um, it's funny because we have some of the same conversations with our clients that, you know, are, are affiliated with the different um, organizations. And um, I think it's sometimes a bit of a, a brand identity struggle of which one do they promote. Um, 
Yeah, and but you know, and and, and the, the world is full of examples of people who promote both. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not a at this stage in my life. I'm not a proponent of one one way or the other. Um, it is what it is, and you've made a decision. Now maximize it. Right. Um, so you know you 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 can go either way. Um, you know the dual name thing is. You know, I mean, I, I, I travel a lot, so I stay in an awful lot of hotels that are, you know, Clarion by Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's the double branding thing is is not uncommon in our society. Uh, it works, and um, but it works when you, you when you make it work. Right, and I think you brought up a good point. I mean, you know, I think um, sometimes the disconnect of um, you may have a, a pharmacy owner that is passionate about doing, you know, trying new things and, um, you know, marketing them properly and whatnot. But if you've, if your staff isn't, if your support staff isn't behind you, it, it doesn't really matter, um, you know, because they're the forefront of your pharmacy typically. I mean, they're the first person that's greeting the customer and, you know, talking to them when they check out and things like that. So I think pharmacy owners definitely need to find a way to, engage and, and excite them about some of these new programs as well. Absolutely. And, um, you know, in, in, you know, the old farmer cliches, you got to get the water to the end of the row. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you're, you, you may have people on your staff who are marginally committed to your business and um, you know, one of the pieces of marketing, and this is another thing I guess I would want to say, people think marketing, they automatically turn to advertising. And, 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 and that's a huge mistake. Advertising is a, is, a, is a major piece of a marketing program. But training your people and getting them so that they know and understand who you are, what you stand for, what your, what your reason for being is, is you know probably step one in the success of well step two number one is you got to know what it is yourself um but you know step two would be winning over your staff making sure that you have people who know and understand that their job is not to fill prescriptions their job is to help people live healthier lives and 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 the beautiful spin-off of that and and again i hate to go down a rabbit hole but it's one i feel very strongly about is the pharmacy business is not the business of filling prescriptions fast and accurately. The pharmacy business is the people of help is the business of helping people live happier, healthier, more productive lives. And um and, and I get emotional about this and I had a conversation the other day with a with a brand new marketing person who was brought in for one of the companies I do some consulting for. And, and I tried to help her catch a vision of that. Her job is not to make pharmacists successful. Her job is to help pharmacists make people healthier. And, um, and, and that's where my passion for this, for this industry lies, this profession lies. Not a pharmacist. I, I don't have the ability to practice the profession. But what has kept me passionate about it for years is knowing and understanding that there's people who are better off now because they chose to do business with a pharmacy that did more than put pills in the bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent um, point. And I think, you know, 
what you said just kind of resonates with all of us. Um, you know, I think that's probably why a lot of us got into this industry is for that passion. And, you know, that's why GRX Marketing is here because we have a real passion for yeah. an independent pharmacy owner. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, easy, it's easy to fall in love with this profession when you see somebody, um, you know, really come into a pharmacy and, and be relieved or pleased that, um, you know, that, that the pharmacist helped solve a problem that had been a major one in their lives. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so you kind of touched on um, earlier that, you know, marketing is not just advertising and, um, you know, that's something that we definitely um, advocate for as well. I mean, it's so much more marketing is, is such a broad term these days. But um, if you asked an independent pharmacy owner, what is marketing? Um, you know, what do you think their response would be? And kind of what are they doing right with marketing? And maybe what are they doing wrong? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, and, 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 and this is a real recent example, is uh, marketing is something that I don't have time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, marketing is expensive, um, and, and marketing is advertising. I mean, those those would be the, the three most common things that come up when I try to have a conversation around it. So uh, n- number one is, is if it's expensive, you're not doing it right. It, you, you need to look at your marketing dollars, um, you know, as an investment and you need to be able to determine whether or not that investment is generating a return. So, I mean, the, 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 the I, you know, I, said, I hate to say first, second, or third, I don't know what's more important, but the major concept that I would like, what would want them to grasp is marketing is everything that you do that appeals to people in your area. And, and that steps back to some of the classic, you know, the outs- the exterior appearance of your store, uh, the interior cleanliness. Is it, is it clean? Is it well laid out? Have, have you paid serious attention to the assortment of items that you put in your pharmacy? I walk into pharmacies all the time where you walk down a, a row of, of, you know, of OTC shelving and there's six or eight inches of empty space between one product or another product is there one, you know, one item mm-hmm. deep. Um, it, it's clear that the guy doesn't have the right merchandise in the store. It's not selling, but he keeps it on, you know, he keeps it on the, um, he keeps it on the shelf. And, and the first thing that does to me as a consumer, when I walk in is say, geez, is this guy ready to go out of business? You know, so the, it's the appearance, the impression that you make. The, we chatted a little bit about the employees. Are they cheerful? Are they there? Are they visible? Um, have they been trained to have, know how to deal with customers? And, and this is an art. I mean, there's mm-hmm. different ways that you can train your people to do stuff, and that flows back to your personality and your definition of who you are. So marketing is the sum total of all of those things. Um, and I see people who are doing it exceptionally well. Um, I, I've created this little, I, I like to come up with patterns or whatever, but I've created that I see four kinds of stores and they all can be defined in one word that starts with C. I see stores that are conventional, um, 
Those would be the 15 to 2,000 to 5,000 square foot stores where they're selling OTCs and candy and greeting cards. I mean, that's the conventional image of a, of a pharmacy. I see stores that have moved into a clinical mode um, where they get rid of most of the stuff in the front of their store and they have a, a private space for counseling and, you know, they're focusing and concentrating on some, applying some of these enhanced care services that we've made, you know, fleeting reference to. I, I was in a wonderful store in Tanguitch, Utah, just yesterday that clearly comes under the category of cute. I mean, the guy's selling flowers, he's selling toys, he's selling candy, um, you know, he's got, you know, displays up, uh, you know, that support these these things. So it's a cute store, and, I, and uh, you know, it's just a pleasant place to go. And then I was in a store last Thursday that I would classify as crummy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just dirty, the light, you know, you got burnt out lights, you got, you know, so marketing is, you know, pick something and then pull everything you can to support that image that you're trying to create. And, and I would suggest that nobody would want to consciously create the crummy image, but, um, uh, but people have, are doing that, uh, frequently doing that. And, you know, you, you have to sit down, you have to talk with your staff, you have to figure out, you know, where do we want to be? How are we going to get there? We have very limited resources what can we do that will be simple and yet effective? And there's things that you can do. And the first one is, is clean the store up, mm-hmm. uh, get, get rid of some dead merchandise, open the place up, make it a little bit more viable, and then bring in some new services that, uh, that will have meaning to a small percentage of your population. And, and Nicole, I want to talk about this small percentage. Um, one of the examples I use in my CE programs is yoga. Um, I just yesterday I was with my grandkids, you know, two days ago, I was with my grandkids at karate at, uh, classes and right next to it was a yoga salon and they must've had 30 or 40 women coming in and out between, you know, class switches. All these women are going there and they're paying big bucks to take yoga classes. Um, 2% of the population takes yoga. Um, so if you can find something that appeals to two or three or five percent of your customer base, that can be a big impact. Um, if you can get two or three or four percent of your patients to get a, a, a Shingrex shot in your pharmacy, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not most people. It's not the vast majority of people. It's a meaningful number of people that would do something that you can do in your pharmacy that's consistent with your image. And yeah, most people aren't going to do that, but some will and they'll pay for it. Yeah, no, excellent point. And I think just pointing out that, yeah, focusing on those more specialized services, you know, doesn't mean that you're going to abandon, you know, what else you're offering as well, or or maybe eliminate a a demographic. You're just focusing, targeting more on that um, one group. So, um, and and, you know, I, I'm sorry, I just talked with a wonderful young lady. She's actually a, a pharmacy resident doing a residency at a pharmacy up in the New York. And um, you know, she goes over and does hospital transition discharge with people. And um, they put all the stuff in a compliance pouch package and charge $20 for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
they get two people a week. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like this is a big deal, but two people a week over a year at $20 a package makes a difference in your, in your bottom line. And they're now the, the, the pharmacy in the area that does this and the people in the hospital know about it and they talk about the pharmacy. So there's serendipity plays a big role in your success. And I, I, I know we still want to chat a little bit of word of mouth on this thing, but that's what generates word of mouth is when you do exceptional things uh, that are different from everybody else, even mm-hmm. if it's for a small percentage of your patients, the halo effect, you know, helps the whole pharmacy in other ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just kind of some of that, you know, thinking outside the box and what other markets can you capture? And, it, you know, it doesn't always necessarily have to be directly healthcare related. Um, you know, you could partner with some other type of business in your community and, um, you know, grow that way as well. So, yeah, now, I mean, that that's interesting and it's something I know I've thought about, but I couldn't come up with. I mean, can you think of another kind of business that a pharmacy could could work with that wouldn't necessarily be healthcare related? Have you got something on the tip of your tongue that you could share? Well, I mean, one thing that we um, encourage is to uh, partner with local pet shops um, if you do compounding ah. services. So, um, you know, just go in and have a, a conversation about that with about that program and, you know, ask if you can leave a, a brochure or so I'm sort of leave behind, um, you know, so I think pets are very passionate for a lot of people. So, you know, when somebody comes in and says their, their dog is sick and, you know, having that resource of the local pharmacy to be able to provide that medication um, is, is a great avenue and connector for that pharmacy owner. I, I, I love it. And you start talking about people who have passion for their pets. I'm, I've got five kids. Four of them have children and have given me grandchildren. And, and we love them for it. One one has got fertility issues, and so they have a dog. And, <laughs> and the point of this is that that's my grand dog, and yeah. I better know his birthday and everything else. And, and to that point, they had a chance to take a trip. So we drove uh, from Prescott, Arizona to Los Angeles to pick up a dog and bring it back here and take care of it for, you know, for three or four weeks so that they didn't have to put it in a kennel just the same as we would have done for one of our grandkids. So, um, you know, yeah, people are passionate about their pet. Yeah, definitely. So that's just, I guess, kind of one example of, you know, going beyond just uh, healthcare related type businesses and, um, you know, kind of branching out a little bit more in your community. You never know where those types of partnerships are going to leave you. So, um, well, it did, and I will say one other thing, you know, to that you 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 didn't it's implied in what you said, but it needs to be brought out. You're getting out of the pharmacy and you're going mm-hmm. to someplace else, and there's magic that happens when you get out of your pharmacy and go visit other businesses in your area and develop relationships with them. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that I say from time to time that drives my wife crazy, but at any one time, there's more people outside of your pharmacy than there are in your, inside your pharmacy. Uh, get out of your pharmacy and go meet them. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So, um, well, it's, we kind of, um, touched on it earlier, word of mouth. Um, you know, I think it's a yeah. wonderful thing and, but it, chances are it can hurt you more than help you. Um, as we know, 
people tend to talk more when something negative has happened over positive. And I think, you know, that especially rings true today with social media. Um, you know, unfortunately, when they've had a bad experience in a business, uh, people rush to social media and post bad reviews. Yep. And, you know, and things like that. Now, whether or not it's warranted oftentimes remains to be seen. But um, I guess kind of talk about word of mouth and, you know, the good and the bad of it. I, uh, yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, my going in proposition is, is that it's the best kind of advertising you can get, but it doesn't happen spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to engineer. You have to create word of mouth. Um, and then you have to have a way to mitigate the, the plausibility of negative word of mouth, which mathematically will occur five or six times more often than positive word of mouth will happen. Um, you know, so one of the things I've seen people do um, is create, you know, a customer referral program where, you know, you actually have little cards and things like that that you can give people that will encourage, you know, encourage them or give them something physical that they can hand to somebody else. Um, The word of mouth thing is implied, again, when you're doing single shots, when you're doing the adherence packaging, when you're, uh, you know, I I work for a client and, and, you know, that has this program where they make phone calls to people on their birthdays. And every time I end up visiting with people who are using that particular company's that name, you know, product, they talk about how somebody picked up a customer because somebody told their neighbor they were so thrilled that the only, you know, that their pharmacy called them and wished them happy birthday. So you've got to be doing things that are above and beyond the norm in order to create it. And then you have to make it easy for somebody to talk about you. And, um, I, I love the I, I love the little cards that you can give them that you know that they can hand to somebody that will take ten dollars off or give them a free pound of fudge or whatever it is that you've got that um, you know that would be designed to appeal to people. But you have to have a program. Um, the um, the other thing that you have to have a program for is what do you do when you have disappointed somebody. So somebody on your staff has got to be watching social media to see when, you know, see when somebody is talking about you. And then you've got to have a program for reaching out to that person, finding out what happened, apologizing, and then making good in some way, shape, or form. So it's a circular thing. You have to do something worth talking about. You have to make it convenient for people to talk about you. When something goes wrong, you know, you're out of stock, um, the, you know, the, whether it's your fault or not, you're the one who's, the pharmacy is the one who's taking the credit for the fact the prescription didn't come in from the doctor, you know, that your insurance company doesn't pay for it. You know, how do you explain, apologize, and then have some kind of program for mitigating that in and again, I don't know that it needs to be clinical. Scott Patterson owns uh, a couple pharmacies in Kansas. Um, he he does have fudge. Uh, he does have a coffee bar. He has these little wooden nickels that he hands out at the pharmacy when something goes wrong um, that the patient's irritated by or inconvenienced by. He gives them one of these uh, wooden nickels when they can go get a cup of coffee or they can get an ice cream cone. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, but that's something that he does. It fits his personality, his style. So it's a whole program you have to have. And I, I, I'll, I'll, again, I'll pat you on the back. I think you need to hire or have somebody on your company who can think these things through and then help get them implemented in the store and driven all the way through so that they could become part of the culture of the pharmacy. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because like you said, you know, you have to prepare kind of in advance because usually when these negative situations come up, you know, obviously they're going to come up out of the blue unexpected most of the time. And if you're not ready for it, you know, if you're kind of flailing around or, you know, it takes you a week to get back to the customer, things like that, because you're trying to figure out what to do. I mean, that's that's critical time that has passed um, to really kind of salvage that relationship with the customer. Um, so it's yeah, it's important to have a plan in place and, and know what you're going to do when those situations come up and how you're going to act on it. And, and, and yes, and a situation will come up that will be different from the situation that came up before. So the plan mm-hmm. has to be broad enough to handle all of that. And, you know, the classic, you know, the classic mantra that they'll teach you in marketing school is it's not when you, it's not when you screw up that matters. It's how you take care of the screw up that matters. Uh, you know, people are disappointed all the time. Um, so how do you take, how do you take care of those people? Uh, I, I still laugh. I, you know, the, the, we've had some home remodeling done here as we've moved into our retirement home in Arizona. So we've been having contractors come in and out. And fortunately we've had a good, a, a good selection of them. But um, I, I saw a sign posted in somebody's yard a couple of years ago, you know, how when they're doing remodeling, they put a sign in your yard to advertise their name. This guy simply said, if you call, we'll show up. And um, sadly speaking, that's the level of customer service that's the banner. If you know, we've mm-hmm. called people and they have never showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, customer service is king. Fortunately for independent pharmacies, the bar to be exceptional is so low that you can do it simply by giving people a wooden nickel when something goes wrong. So okay. have a program, have a have a plan, and and drive it through and, and, and the bad news, the bad things that happen become the reasons that people will talk about you because it's how you handle the bad thing. Yeah, definitely. Turn a negative into a positive. Yes. Um, well, I think uh, kind of wrapping it up here, anything else you want to share with our listeners before we finish the podcast? Yeah. And, and it's, the, it's the classic thing that people like I do all the time that nobody wants to hear. But the secret to success is believing you can succeed. Mm-hmm. It's attitude. It's, it, it really does come back to, hey, there's a problem, but me and my team and my suppliers, my vendors, the people who work with me, you know, we can figure a way out a way to get through this. The people who are not succeeding are the ones who are complaining and believe me, there's plenty of reasons to complain. And I, and, you know, there, I'm, I'm not a Pollyanna. I, I know that there's significant challenges facing this industry, but I see people all the time who have figured out how to handle, you know, slow and low and, and terrible reimbursement. Um, you know, they from third party vendors, and then there's ways around this. There's ways 
through it. Um, but it takes that, hey, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to figure it out and we're going to move forward. There is a way. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that and clearly anybody listening to this interview is already above average because they're looking for solutions. Um, so those people who are above average who are looking for solutions, you know, get to the trade shows, read your pharmacy journals, get out of the pharmacy and don't necessarily go look at other pharmacies. Go look at other retailers in your area, other service businesses in your area and and see a, the little twist that they're doing with stuff that matters and and keep at it and work at it and and know that you can succeed by you know the the pattern is out there now we know where to go you know it's it's medstink it's refill reminders it's immunization it's it's um you know it's drug nutrient depletion it's nutrition and you know and weight loss support you know those those patterns have proven themselves and they're there to be followed, and you can find people who can show you how to do it. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to kind of wrap up what we discussed today. So um, thank you, Bruce, so much for your time. Uh, I think it was a great discussion on, you know, a lot of um, things that um, the independent pharmacy owner should be doing if they're not doing already. So um, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, and have a good day. All right. Thank you for listening for another to another episode of the Pharmacy Marketing Simplified Podcast. Be sure to check us out at PharmacyMarketing.com. You were listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network's leading marketing podcast, Pharmacy Marketing Simplified, sponsored by the proven leader in pharmacy business development and support, GRX Marketing. For more proven strategies and ideas on marketing your pharmacy business, check out GRXMarketing.com.